Welcome to Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to all things talent attraction and talent retention. I'm your host, Paul Church. I'm also the founder of the Anemo Group. And today uh, we are joined by Danny Sardu, one of my favorite people to talk to uh, as a friend and as a guest on one of my podcasts. Um, And today we're talking about the importance of employer branding, something Danny is an absolute expert about. And as I mentioned in this podcast, um, one of the things that always shines through with Danny is how passionate he is about all things people related about culture about values i just love talking to him so i hope you enjoyed the episode and listen if you're enjoying talent and growth give us a like give us a share give us a subscribe share it with your friend tell someone about us um, all about growing the movement i appreciate it and i hope you appreciate this episode danny it is a pleasure to have you on talent and growth how are you doing i'm good how are you I'm really good. I'm really good. And look, uh, we've done this a few times, so some of the audience uh, may know who you are. But for those who don't, would you mind just giving us a bit of a, a background into your journey, your career, and what you're up to right now? Yeah, so um, I'm currently a director of talent uh, for a company called Collinson. They kind of like uh, operates in the kind of travel space. Uh, they provide loyalty and benefits to frequent business travelers on a global scale. Um, and uh, within my role, I look after talent development, talent management, and talent acquisition. Um, but actually, next month, I'm leaving Collinson after nearly six years uh, to uh, to start uh, a new chapter in terms of my working career. I'm, I'm moving to a more generalist role. I'm going to be director of people and culture for a company. Um, it's actually really, you know, Collinson's been amazingly um, supportive to me and the biggest growth and development and progression I've had in any uh, company has been at Collinson so it's a really good leave actually so I'm grateful you'll be sorely missed I'm sure and what about um, with like your all the times we've spoken what's always shone through for me is your passion for for people and culture and and you know and businesses looking after their people as well which obviously kind of falls in line with that where does that where does that come from how has that evolved for you over the years um, I think um, because I, I uh, come from a big family, I've, uh, I've always been very people orientated. Um, I think also it comes from my dad, who was also quite a people person and, and, uh, uh, and quite out there and quite outgoing, very confident as a, as a speaker. Uh, so I get a lot of that from my dad, too. Um, and I think that um, I've just always had a natural affinity to wanting to help and support people. Uh, and... Um, making them uh i like to see people succeed um and i think that's um kind of steered me in the career path and trajectory that i find myself in that's a lovely way to put it well fantastic well it's great to have you on and look today we're going to be talking around um really the importance of branding um but first of all could we just define what branding means to you that's a good question um, to me, branding is how you how you put your story out there, the perception people have of you, and the and and the narrative people tell, and the feeling and emotion people have towards you as an individual, or thing, process, object. Yeah, that's what I would say. Branding is. And what would you say the what the how does that differ from EVP? Well, 
branding is more the kind of the I suppose more the channel, more the more the way your your message and story gets out there and to whom. Mm-hmm. And what people think and feel about you and the emotions it generates. Um, EVP, in my opinion, is more um, the value and benefit people get from using your brand or interacting with you or, or the service you provide. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, with, with branding, I think um, I think look, it's always been important, but I think we're talking about it much more over the last few years. Is, do, you, do you think? Do you think that's fair to say? Branding has become more important than ever, and I, I know I'm going to say this, but um, the little virus that is COVID has amplified and made so many things across the world more important than they've ever been. Um, and I feel that um, since COVID, um, branding in all types across all sectors and areas has become more important than ever. Um, so, for example, the art of storytelling you know, since the uh, since the start of pandemic to now has been the most widely requested program and and the most frequent course we've delivered from a talent development perspective in Collinson. And th- and the reason for that is people want to get better at telling a narrative, telling a story, giving a compelling compelling reason to do something, and also to enhance their brand and to put it out there so people will interact with it more. When you, um, apart from Collinson, let's be let's be neutral. When you think about branding, um, companies out there who have really, you look at them and you think you've nailed that. Who who are the ones that spring to mind? It's a difficult one actually. There will be ones that I feel do it, but other people might disagree. Mm. Yeah, so people might disagree. Um, so uh, for me, the companies that I think have nailed their branding are Disney. Uh, specifically, I would say uh, I'm a massive movie fan. So Marvel Studios, their, their brand and marketing is phenomenal. Sometimes their films aren't even that good, but they still make a lot of money. People still go to the cinema to go and watch them. When you put Disney behind something, it tends to really sell. They, they are excellent when it comes to, in my opinion, when it comes to branding. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Apple. <laughs> I, I, I would argue whether or not Apple's products are the best on the market. I think Samsung, I think I think even Google Pixel, I think other companies make better brands, better technical products, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when an Apple, a new iPhone is coming out or a new iPad, people are queuing around the corner to get it. And there's not even that much of an upgrade, <laughs> to say. The products are very similar, in my opinion. So Apple is another brand that's very, very good at you know marketing itself and putting its brand out there. Um I suppose um, another one uh, would, you know, like the big ones, I suppose. Um, I think another one that's actually done really well and come out of nowhere is TikTok. Mm. Um, the, the, yeah, their branding and marketing and how they've kind of positioned themselves in the market and kind of owned the kind of video space when there were so many other video uh, media platforms, I think, is, is is quite impressive. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And if we link it back to talent attraction and retention, which of course is why we're all here, well, well, why is branding so important for those two elements for your attraction and for your retention? Because I, I think it's it, there's there's two aspects to it. There's there's employer branding, and then there's EVP. 
But if we're focusing more on imp- on branding, it's more the employer branding. Um, mm. and, and and what I mean by employer branding is um, how you get your story out there ab- about what it's like to work in your company. And the reason why it's more important than ever is because of the fact that we have a we have a real competition and battle in the recruitment market between the great resignation and the great attraction um, because of what's happened with COVID and where we find ourselves currently. Um, people are, you know, have had a really tough two years resigning from their jobs because they've had a chance to reflect on what's important to them and, and, and want to be happy and realize life is short and people have felt vulnerable that, you know, I am, I'm not, I'm not invincible. <laughs> Anybody can go at any time. And I think COVID really exposed people to that. Um, so you've got people resigning and wanting to do, go and do things that they're really passionate about. And also as a result of, of that happening and having more vacancies than you have candidates, companies are doing more than they've ever done to attract talent. Things that they would never consider or ever think about doing because um, the power is now with the candidate or the employee. Um, and therefore, if you want to attract the best talent, you want to ensure that your brand is out there as strong as possible, so that you are, so people go, so people make a personal choice to come and work for you instead of just kind of clicking on an advert. Gotcha. And when, how can a business enhance their employer branding, and where do they start? First and foremost, first and foremost, they need to put some resource behind it. You can't do it. You can't. I know it's tough. Um, and I know it's hard to say this and it's difficult to say, but if you want to do it properly, you need to put some resource behind it. Um, if you are, a, you know, I know nonprofit might be a, a little bit more challenging and there's other ways that, that you can go about it. Um, but for, a, you know, for most corporate organizations, you need to put some resource behind it. I would say that um, most companies should start dedicate, should have a dedicated budget for employer branding, which um probably is not something a lot of companies are thinking about, haven't discussed, or is not at the forefront of their minds. But the companies who are doing it the best have a dedicated budget for employer branding. And also, they have teams who are dedicated to doing it. Um, And actually, um, one of the things I would have wanted at Collinson before I left was to have an employer branding manager that sat within my talent team. Because I'm gonna, I can tell you some 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 story. I can tell you some st- internal stories of how we've enhanced our employer branding and the and the benefits had, and the demand is now created. Um, so first of all, have a budget. Um, once you have a budget, um, if you don't have the expertise in house, work with a with a provider with a partner that really understands your business. There are a lot of people out there that say that they're good at employer branding, but you wanna you you wanna ensure that the the agency or the company you're working with really resonates with your values. They should be an extension of you because they're going to be out there representing. They're going to come up with the concepts and the content that that, that represent who you are as a company. So that's really important. Um, and then I would say, um, when you have um, kind of decided the agency and the company you're going to work with, make sure that um, you have a really good. You're really clear with what your EVP is. What is your, your your employee value proposition? What is it? What is what do people get? What do people benefit from if they come and work for you? What value do they get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make sure you're really clear on that. Um, and then you want to understand where are the best places to put your brand out there, where you're going to get the most traction, and people are going to come to you and be clear on the kind of people you're trying to attract because that will then determine where you put your branding and with uh, you mentioned you know 
allocating allocating a budget towards this, um, which of course sounds like a really important thing to do. How tough do you think it is for some businesses to get their head around that, that actually they need to invest in their side? And what advice would you give to people in a position like yours who need to go and you know convince the powers that be to get that budget signed off? Yeah, so I've, I've kind of spoken about this very subject that we're talking about on the speaking circuit for the last six months um, to quite a number of HR professionals. And the one thing I am finding is everyone is saying the same thing that they're struggling to recruit talent. Even even the biggest brands, I'm hearing stories of how they are enhancing their attraction and their benefits to bring people in. And these are the biggest brands who you, you would think would never struggle. Yeah? Um, so if the biggest brands are investing in it, then it shows you that it's tough for everyone. Um, and mm. the consensus is, is that everyone is struggling to recruit. And what's making people decide to join one organization over another? There are multiple of reasons, but to, you know, from in, in my opinion, as, as, as somebody you know who, who manages the recruitment function, I would say we have had people join us because of the personal connection and understanding of our brand more so than the money and package of our, of other companies that are being offered are being offered to them. And I feel that. Um, as a result of people coming through COVID, people have more of a pers- People want to make more of a personal choice and preference to their life than it just being about mm. money and remuneration and, and, and benefits. There's a, they want to have that. People want to have that more meaning, meaning and purpose to what they're doing, and, and also have more of a meaning and purpose to their job. And if that resonates with the company, and they feel that kind of personal connection, they're more like we are finding more like they're more likely to join. So it's not been we've we've had opportunity we've had situations where we, we've increased salaries to try and attract people, but that's not that's not what's really kind of convinced people. It's worked a couple of times, but the t- well, the thing that really works is when we have more of a personalised approach in the hiring process, and also they have interacted with our brand and they go, yeah, I, I joined because because of what you put out there and the story you told. I could see me I could see myself working there. And what's some of the what's some of the, the the practical things you've done? You mentioned at Collinson that have really worked for you in terms of the employee branding side. Excellent. So, first and first and foremost, we created. We kind of was very clear on what you know. Uh, we we still have we still have, we still got a way to go, but we kind of created a kind of first draft of what our EVP is, and, and, and was really clear on what that is and what the the value we the value we give to our own people and employees. And then we use that to then create employer branding content. So people videos using that EVP with our people who, and, and we got a cross section of our people from across the globe to talk about why they liked, why they liked working for Collinson just from them really pure video. Yeah. And, and different content and footage. And we created our first employer branding campaign. And through that employer branding campaign, we then use that content to enhance our careers website. So we took some of that content and put it onto our careers website. So when you come onto our careers website, you see a lot of video content and uh, narrative about about what we, what we stand for as a company and why it's good to work there. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have a good careers website before. It wasn't personal. It didn't resonate. It didn't really tell a story. It, it didn't have that kind of human feel. And this very much does and represents who we are as a business. Um, and then we launched our careers website with our new campaign content and also use that campaign content to create mini campaign and posts and 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 uh, ongoing content on our social media platforms. 
to attract people to our careers website. Yeah, so we put things out on LinkedIn, Twitter, our different social media platforms with links to our careers website to say why it's good to work here. Um, the traffic to our careers website went up by 40%. Um, and we, in the first six months of our careers website, we were seeing um, an increase of people applying for our, for our jobs on average, a 30% increase of people applying for our jobs across the board. Mm. And when people then joined us and um, we asked them, you know, uh, uh, we asked them feedback questions as a re- after our induction, the uh, 70% of responses was we're joining because of your culture. Whereas before we were joining because of the brands we worked with. And where does it, where do you think businesses sometimes get it wrong with employer branding? Um, they don't make it genuine. They try to use it to paper over the cracks of what's really going on on in their organization. Um, so if you, if you go on to um, our careers website, one of the things I talk about is I'm very candid. I say Collinson is not, um, uh, Collinson is quite non-corporate, which is something that resonates with me. Yeah. Um, in some organisations, you might get people might get upset. The senior leaders might get upset that you've said something like that. But that's just, that's who we are, Collins. And it's like, you know, you either like us, you don't. We're either Marmite, you know. And it's and and I think because we are open and say this is what we're about and who we are, um, you attract the people that that like that, and you don't attract the people who don't. Yeah, I think uh, that authenticity is so important, and I think there's been I've seen examples out in the market of. Companies who have, when the in the last eighteen months, the, the talent war has just been the most competitive I've I've seen, and there's just been such a shortage of people. So there's been a lot of companies, you know, really putting the people, or at least their putting their branding of how important their people are to the business at the forefront of what they're doing. But now we're suddenly going into a little bit of a it's a bit of a dip potentially, um, and I'm just seeing a little bit of reversal of some of the values that they've expressed when it seemed to be the the thing to do. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Ed, I know exactly what you mean. I think I think what it was because um, when we were going through COVID, everything was about people and people's well-being mm. and, and and mental health and and and, and mindset. Um, that tend that 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 tended to fall down or that tended to kind of, I suppose, be kind of shifted towards, you know, human resources, people and culture. I think the importance of your people team and people and culture team was never more important than during COVID. You know, a lot of people I speak to in my network were like, mm. people were finally listening to their people and culture and to their people team because they had to. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of good people teams did some phenomenal work to help their businesses get through COVID. And I think as we now are coming out of it, people may be starting to forget or starting to kind of, it's becoming mm-hmm. to become, it's, it's, I think it's um, becoming a bit of a short-term memory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what, how, how can talent teams improve their outreach messaging with the correct employer branding behind them? What you, this is really good. So um, what you need is buying from the whole talent team and being clear on the strategy and tactics you're going to use yeah, and who's going to do what. Yeah, um, because of the fact that the whole of my talent team are bought into employer branding and understand the importance of it, and have seen the benefits of doing really good employer branding, everybody is bought in and does their bit. So one of the things we do is when we recruit uh, new staff, each of the talent partners that recruiting that new staff creates a post about them on LinkedIn with a photo to say, "This this is a new person who's joined. Welcome to the, welcome them to the Collinson family." Tagging in their name, and then what we then do is we kind of go to our Teams channel. 
a message everyone who's in the talent team to say, I've just posted this. Can you go on to LinkedIn, like it, give it some love, all that kind of stuff. And we actually go on to, the, we actually go to that post, like it, link, comment on it, and then it gets shared with all our network. So we've got a real kind of collaborative, collective approach to employer branding. Um, and that's because um, it's been very clear on, on the benefit of, of it to us as a talent team. It makes our life easier. We've had situations now where people are coming to us for jobs where that was not the case six to seven months ago. People are coming to us for now for jobs because of our employer branding being much stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what advice would you give to businesses who just really want to focus on getting their branding authentically right? Um, I would say that... Um, if you want to get it authentically right, you need to, to ensure that um, your employer branding includes involves your people, not some kind of external professional actors or party and doesn't represent. Because sometimes what people do, they do. I've seen some, you know, some employer branding videos where they kind of do these professional videos that are really snazzy with external people in a, you know, in a place that isn't in the workplace. Yeah, because they want to make it really professional and snazzy with actors. Um, but it then doesn't represent or doesn't give a true reflection of what it's like to work there. Um, we have found the best employer branding has is, is been content that involves our people. We would rather have people who are not polished, who are not professionals in terms of being on the camera, but are talking about genuinely why it's good to work there. And when you join, you meet them face to face and see them, which has been very powerful. So um, obviously with uh, hybrid working, um, we don't get, I don't, me and my team don't get a chance to meet every single person because you know people come in new and and it's a bit different now but i've been uh the last you know few months i'll be walking around the office and, and i've had on five occasions people come up to me and go oh you're danny and i'm like but yeah oh, i saw you on the careers website and i was like oh <laughs> nice and then you know and then i have you know there's already a, a connection and a, and a, and a res, you know connection to that person um and i think that would be my advice if you if you if you want to make your employer branding really strong use your internal people to make it um, on the back of that can give you a, a stat. So, for example, one of the things we've started to do is we've started to inc- we we we've in- we've encouraged we do social media masterclasses to drive our employer branding internally for our people. And what we've done is we've encouraged people to post and to put things out there about what it's like to work at Collinson because indiv- uh, personal individual posts get ten times more engagement than any other company does a post. So, for example, one of our colleagues in the Australia office, Sydney, put a post out on LinkedIn of her working. So, we allow people to work up to eight weeks from anywhere in the world in a 12-month period. Yeah, And she put a post out on LinkedIn to say that she was working from a really extravagant place. She saw a laptop. There was a cocktail. She had whatever. And she had basically a view out onto this kind of beach and seaside where she was working from. And she said, you know, thank you for Collins for allowing me to do this. I've had a really tough year. I'm now going to sit down and do my work in, you know, in the comfort of this view. And it got like 2,000 likes. I didn't, we didn't have to do that. That's not my talent team. That's her. And as a result of that, people are messaging me going, um, I've, uh, you've got any jobs at Collinson or can I come on to your career? Where's your careers website? Yeah, that would be my advice. Using your people to drive your employer branding. It's more authentic. Yeah, absolutely. If we talk about the intricacies of LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn will not give company posts much engagement at all, but they will give individuals a lot of engagement. So LinkedIn want you to kind of sign up to their company platform or whatnot. So you're much, yeah, if you can get your people to post content like that, which which is real, which is authentic, get them bought into that, you're going to get so, such good results. That's a really, really good example, I think.
Cool. Danny, well, look, appreciate that. It's been uh, great to have you on. Um, if anyone wants to pick your brain on anything around uh, talent attraction or retention or anything else at all, what's the best way for them to reach you? LinkedIn. I'm very I'm very active and heavy on LinkedIn. I uh, I do my best to reply to everyone, and uh, uh, I very much believe uh, a network is very important. So uh, if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, I will do my best to connect with you and uh, keep in touch. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Danny. Well, look, we all wish you the best of luck in your new role. I know you're going to smash it and uh, look forward to having another chat with you in six months' time or so to talk about your journey there. But thanks again for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you for having me, Paul. I remember the uh, first uh, podcast we did. You've got, it's got very professional now and uh, you've, uh, I'm just grateful you're, you're still coming back to me, mate. Absolutely. Always, mate. Always. Thanks a lot, Danny. Thank you.